We drank beer. I liked beer. Still like beer. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Veritas Post podcast. I'm your host, James Order. I'll be joined by a multitude of guests today via written statements and via vocal statements. Now, today is obviously a, a emergency podcast for a very specific reason. The House, the House of Representatives has turned into an absolute shit show. No one really knows what's going on. Um, I'm not even sure the American liberals know what's happening stuff just kind of happened and everyone's accepting it. So I'm going to go through this timeline first and then we're going to get some uh, statements from everyone else who was involved in this. So to give an overview, in case you missed any part of this, I want to go through this in relative detail to give you a full story of at least what we have been seeing um, is happening. So the nominations for the speaker open this morning. That was opened by a representative put by the longstanding dean of the house. Next, we get Representative Arkenstone nominated by Representative Drunk. Uh, this is likely for an ALC-led caucus. All right, This was something that was expected. We kind of figured that Arkenstone was going to be the presumptive nominee for this type of position. Now, ALC does not have a majority in the House, but with their independence, with the socialists, with potentially the centrists, which kind of fell apart later on, we'll get to that, um, it looked like they could be in a position to get the majority, but it wasn't likely. What was most likely is that Federalists would remain in majority of the House. Now, after that, we move to Representative Poleman. Now, Poleman was nominated for Speaker, uh, likely for a Federalist-led caucus, and this was something, again, very expected. He was a Speaker pro tem last term. We knew that this was kind of going to happen, right? Um, and so... I, I think it was about an hour of time in there that, that Pullman was the nominee. And then, out of the blue, around 11 a.m., Pullman uh, rejects his nomination, and then he decides to go in and nominate Representative Apex. Now, sidebar here, Apex has no knowledge of this. Apex is not even up. He is not in the House Representatives at all at this time. He is simply uh, asleep, Right. And so we do a little bit of investigative journalism, and we uh, provide a, a, a little bit of an interview which we can release the full text of later on today, um, if so necessary. But really, the point of that was just to get to what was going on here with this Apex nomination. Because initially, there was a little bit of a freakout inside the ALC. Then we realized Apex has no knowledge of this. The Federalists admit that they nominated representative apex without any consent from him without his knowledge at all okay so this is starting to create a sticky situation for them Poleman admits that he essentially just says get, sends a statement to um representative apex either via text or via email we don't really know sends that statement goes into the house nominates apex now Representative Apex comes in, says he doesn't know about this, he rejects his nomination, and he gives his support for Representative Arkenstone to be the Speaker of the House. This was something um, that was expected from those who knew Arkenstone in his position, 
because Representative Apex was actually a vocal part of the classical liberal party to get support behind Representative Arkenstone for Speaker. Whether this says anything about caucusing in the House, we will have to find out. But without a doubt, Arkenstone was favored by the classical liberals as the Speaker nominee. So, Apex drops the nomination, and Representative Poleman, quick to action, what we later find under the guidance of uh, campaign manager uh, Jed Marshall, also State Supreme Court Justice, Associate Justice, my bad. Under that advisement, uh, Poleman quickly nominates Representative Darby to be the Speaker. Representatives Caprice and uh, disgraced Speaker from last term, John Smith, support. Cloture is invoked. Voting begins on um, the Speaker. Everyone's kind of going into it a little shaky. Arkansas looks like he's going to be a, a bit of a favorite here because Representative Darby was a strange choice. It becomes even stranger when you figure out that the Federalists have spent the past week absolutely shitting on him in public. I'll give you a few, just a, a few quick bites of that. Representative Caprice said, I use the centrist party to wipe my ass. Representative Pullman said, the centrist party lowers the average IQ of the nation tremendously and in a later statement says that the only person that represents the centrist, centrist party is Representative Darby. What we can conclude from those two statements is that Representative Pullman, in a swift action of statements from May 2nd and May 1st, essentially says, Representative Darby, the person I just nominated for Speaker of the House, lowers the average IQ of the nation tremendously. And so with that, Representative Smith, System, and Pullman all vote for Representative Darby as, uh, as Speaker of the House. Then Twitter starts to blow up. I start providing a little bit of what I've seen. And then former very, very disgraced um, and... And, and problemed in, in, I guess, the bathroom, representative former Representative Randy um, comes forward and says, oh, hey, look at this statement that I have. Essentially, that campaign manager, Cabin's campaign manager and state Supreme Court Associate Justice Jed, just said, fuck it, nominate the dumbass centrist for speaker. We haven't lost yet, despite Representatives Graham and Caprice saying, okay, why don't we just accept this defeat here and move on? He insisted, no, 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 we haven't lost yet. Let's go with the dumbass centrist. So then, in turn, Representative System and Lohengram become independent. Um, Representative Lohengram's independency, of course, was not surprising to anybody who knows him. Uh, and then we, we get statements from both of them saying, okay, I, Representative System, do plan to caucus with the feds, um, but I just don't agree with the party anymore. I agree with their platform. I don't like the people in it. I think it's divisive. Representative Lohengram goes on a 30-minute Twitter rant about how the Federalists are uh, the scum of the earth and how they're just the worst party in the world, and he keeps going on and on and on. Um, to say it was a knee-jerk reaction from Representative Lohengram is an understatement. I feel like he had this planned for a while. He had this little inner monologue in him that was just waiting to unload on the Federalists, and just, you know, now was his time. So he went ahead, he did it. And then... There's more after that because Representative Smith's system and Pullman take back their votes. A few vote present, a few vote for Arkenstone. Um, and then we get to uh, it, it being released on Twitter that the Federalist Party, in fact, tried to force their representatives to vote for Representative Darby because there was this huge backlash. Huge. 
Yidge. It was a huge backlash against Darby for, for Speaker because Representative Darby was a progressive, caucused American liberal who became a centrist, and the centrist party really just represents that little green tier of the political compass. And, and they're choosing him as the Speaker. I, if I was a Federalist, I would also be outraged. And so I kind of understand that. I understand why that was released. It is a horrible look um, for the Federalist. And right now, just in a bit of, of uh, 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 analysis, I, I think that it, everyone here has a, a, a tendency to overreact to a lot of stuff. And so I am not encouraging you go out and you start singing um, the, the Ding Dong, the Witch is Dead and replace Witch with the Federalist Party because they're not dead. They're, they're going to be alive and they're going to survive for a while. Here's the point of warning. I, I said in a previous podcast when the conservatives existed that the Federalist Party was dead. And it was. The, the, the Federalist Party right now is, is the conservatives masquerading in, in the dead carcass of the Federalist Party of old. Um, and there are those in the Federalist Party who wish to uh, bring that back. They want that old party back and they want the conservatives, the previously conservatives gone. And so I think that what we need to look out for here is is not some grand extermination of the Federalist Party as a whole, because that's simply just not going to happen. As as much as, as you can claim something, they're there. They, they won six seats. They won a plurality of the seats just a, a day ago. They're strong. But they need to be cautious. And, of course, Veritas Post has been getting um, multiple comments and and multiple um, notifications, sort of, from, from Federalist members who are just essentially saying, hey, by the way, um, the Federalist Party, uh, what, what I can assume is the FNC, I'll, I'll, I'll wait to see if, if I can get a little bit more information on that. Um, from my sources, but essentially the FNC is just saying to the entire Federalist Party, um, don't do an interview with Veritas Post. And and Chairman Lord, I'm 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 glad you're here in the audience today, because I really do think that you need to realize if you are telling your party members to not do interviews with a news source, especially a news source that envelops a large part of this nation's information. I don't really think you deserve to be chairman. And that's all I'm going to say on that. So we're going to start moving over um, to a little bit of those responses. I'm going to go with uh, Matthew Hale's statement first because that was in writing. Um, and I would appreciate if the, 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 the audience would calm down a little bit. Um, but we are going to start with that Matthew Hale statement. So immediately following this controversy, Hale comes out and he says, all right, look, I am ready for a few things as I come to the House. I am ready. I've already submitted the United Nations Neutrality Act, the Postal Accountability and Enhancement Amendment. I have had a chance to read the Postal Accountability and Enhancement Amendment. I think that that is uh, a a great idea. I fully support it. Um, and, And so, uh, you know, he is ready to do that. But the main, the thick, the meat of this statement um, is where he, he starts off. He says, I would like to speak 
on the current events unfolding with the Federalists. Um, I remember when Valerie and others during the Lamport administration forced representative system to vote a certain way using his cabinet position as leverage. I remember yada, 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 going through all of that, forcing members to, to vote for the only centrist in the House just to ensure that the liberal poison isn't speaker. Now, we don't know, I, I personally don't know who called Representative Arkenstone liberal poison, um... But I really sure hope you aren't in power, and I sure hope I don't find out about it, because I will call you out. And 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 so it it just ends. I really wish that there was some sort of rebrand, and I think that that is something that that entertaining a little bit is is this potential rebrand of the Federalist, and I think it's something that could be plausible. I don't think it's probable. I think the most probable situation is that we move away from this in a week and and no one talks about it, except maybe we talk about it again at the June elections because it's an easy target on some Federalist backs. Um, which, I mean, Representatives Caprice and Representative Pullman and Representative John Smith, those three are going to have the biggest targets on their back in this fiasco because they were the ones that were doing most of the moving in the House. Um, I, 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 whether that was under, uh, any, uh, guidance of, of the FNC, I, I, I believe there was a significant amount of influence there, uh, but it is still up to your own volition to make those decisions. Um, oh, okay. So apparently the, the liberal poison comment was made by former majority leader Coulter, and I really hope that former sticks, um, so that's all for, for Hale's position. Uh, I do now want to turn to, I believe, that, that, that Representative Darby. Uh, now, please correct me if I'm wrong, Representative Darby, but I believe that you are ready or, or, or to, to, to make a, a, a statement here. Um, oh, yeah. So it, it just just kind of walk us through or explain to us your side um, of the story, because it certainly is interesting when when you look at how Representative Darby was obviously a part of the ALC, and then he moves to the centrist, and now there's this. So, uh, with that, I turn the floor to Representative Darby. Uh, go ahead. Yes, hi. Um... There we go. Right. So yes, I was approached by Jed, who, Jed, let me check my, Jed approached me about one, I think, either 1 or 2 p.m. today, who contacted me wanting to get the centrist up in the, actually get it recognized, but why would I ever trust him? He was in a Federalist Party, so... He invited me to the channels of communication for the Federalists. I think we may have lost him. Are you back? So I went into the Federalist um, channels of communication. They wanted me to be speaker so I could take out the Liberals. But then once I saw on Twitter that whatever was happening there... They just like shut down any chance of me becoming speaker. So, 
All right, and and I I, I do want to get your opinion here on obviously um, representatives Caprice and and Pullman have have come out uh, and and you know made claims of I I wipe I I use the centrist party to wipe my ass something along those lines. Um, Pullman calling you all um, essentially lowering the IQ of the entire country. Could you speak a little bit on on those comments and whether or not you had knowledge of them prior to accepting um, this sort of speakership role from the Federalist Party? No, I did not. All right. Uh, and and uh, I yeah, so that's that's that is the side from from Representative Darby. Obviously, it is going to be hard for a smaller party to get um, a little bit of recognition in the House of Representatives of all legislative groups. So uh, it, it is entirely plausible and, and understandable of, of, I think, Representative Darby's position in this. I, uh, I, I do want to mention that I was contacted by um, a former and possibly current uh, majority leader of the Senate, uh, Ted Dett, and he says, all I heard was an incredibly large amount of shouting in the House chamber. At first, I thought it was Randy, but then I realized he was gone. I have no other comments other than this was a very confusing day. And I think that that does encapsulate a bit of what we're all feeling. Um, I do want to, to turn now to uh, Representative J.A.P.L., otherwise known as Representative uh, just a pot leaf. And I, I do want to get his input on this um, because obviously uh, with, with representative JAPL, his position was interesting because he was initially um, sort of the, the focal point here uh, because it, it was his membership of the ALC and his support of um, Apex's speaker initially before we knew anything about Apex that really sort of drove the drama here. So I want to get his perspective here. Uh, so, Representative JAPL, can you hear me? Representative JAPL, perhaps not. Uh, you might want to leave the call and, and, and join back in again. That may help. Um, I, I've been told that oh, turning things now? off and on again. I hear you now. So, I want to get your take of this day started... Um, with uh, a lot of controversy surrounding Representative Apex and his nomination to the Speaker. Give your kind of opinion on that, and then go into how you saw the, the House uh, play out in the rest of the day. Well, in fact, if he wanted the nomination... And to run, I would have supported him. I think he's a wonderful guy, and he has great ideas and has a lot of experience. But there was just a disconnect between him and if he wanted to run. And after talking to him, I messaged him right after I endorsed him. Uh, he decided he didn't want to run. So that's why I supported Arkansas. But I think I think if he would have ran, I would have supported him. But I think overall today, it's just been a complete shit show. I think it's been a very embarrassing day for the Federalists. And I think it will go down in history as an embarrassing day for them. I think it was the right call by some of their people to leave because, uh, yeah, there uh, certainly was embarrassing. All right. And, and 
I, I do want to shift a little bit of focus here. If you haven't read it already, I would direct your attention to the Associated Press. Uh, you, as a member of, of the Jefferson community, obviously are going to be impacted um, by the, the budget that was just uh, signed into law by Governor Rincewind. I'll, I'll give you a little bit of an overview here. What it does is it increases uh, the LVT to 7.7%, cuts spending by about $250 billion, including a $15 billion cut to health in the middle of a, a COVID crisis. UBI is deducted from 350 to 125 and um, $94 billion was committed to debt repayment, so the state is now uh, debt-free. Senior economist at Bank of America describes it as disastrous, uh, and during the pandemic, there are small protests going on in Denver and Sacramento. I want to get your opinion here on uh, w- what you think is happening to the state. I think uh, I think what's been happening is very atrocious. I think Governor Rinchin made a huge mistake. I don't think taxes should be increased, and I especially don't think we should be cutting health right now. I think it's very important that we actually fund health more right now during this COVID crisis. So overall, I think it was a very huge mistake, and I hope they'll see that and try to change it eventually. All right. Well, I want to give a huge thank you there to uh, Representative JAPL. Thank you so much for joining us uh, on on this um, th- this podcast. I I, I do want to uh, now now turn my attention to uh, a former representative uh, Dan Reinhard. Obviously, still a very vocal part of the community in Jefferson despite his intense loss um, over the weekend um, so so f- former representative uh, Reinhardt if you could I, I guess leave the call and join again perhaps you'll be able to actually respond to these questions I think that's um, what's been working for our our, our viewers uh, or, or, or rather our, our contributors um, but if, if you could just kind of describe, uh, what your opinions are of Governor Rincewind's actions? Yes, I can hear you. Just describe your opinion okay. of of your opinion of Governor Rincewind's actions and uh, what you think the ramifications of such a a a bill going through without d- debate. By the way, um, uh, talk about uh, the the I guess the competency of of the parliaments in question, but also the competency of this executive as we move into a potential. Um, a re-election period for Governor Rincewind. Well, started off obviously. This isn't this isn't a good action. Uh, we're in the middle of a health crisis. We do not need raise taxes and cut spending to healthcare. I think it's quite atrocious. I agree with JAPL. Um, I think that as governor, it's their job to ensure that. Uh, things like this don't happen and that uh, tax raises don't happen in the middle of a crisis because people need to spend money to uh, pay for those treatments if they can't. I don't know if those are being paid for by the government. Not aware of that. Um, I haven't fully read the thing. Uh, obviously, I haven't had the time yet to fully read and analyze it. But personally, I think it's a stupid choice to both cut healthcare spending and raise the land value tax. And that's what I have to say about it. All right. Well, uh, we appreciate your input here. Obviously we, we do expect to possibly see you in government again. Um, uh, it, so, so thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I, 
Thank you. Of course. I, I, I do now want to turn. Oh, uh, go ahead and 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 uh, yeah. mute yourself there. Um. Uh, I do not want to turn to a few written statements here. I, I do have sources at, at Veritas Post confirming a few things um, that, that we kind of expected. Um, but the, the Federalists have, throughout all of this, been bickering over the roles of both um, former Majority Leader Jack Coulter and former Speaker John Smith. Uh, they were trying to determine whether in this new reign of Re- uh, Representative Darby's speakership... Uh, which obviously is not panning out, who would become the Speaker Pro Tem, who would become the majority leader between Coulter and Smith. Now, I had the chance to talk to a few candidates um, in uh, the races here uh, about their opinions on re-electing John Smith. Not just re-electing him, but re-electing him um, to, uh, to, to, to the position of Speaker. Um, and, and again... This is going to be a bit of of a, a one sided thing here because I I just want to talk a bit, um, on the positions that Speaker Smith brought to the House. Now, Speaker Smith, I know you're not listening right now. I hope you listen later because I do have a few choice words. What you did in the House is something that really should be unexcusable. I don't think that you deserve to be in leadership in the House for a very long time. And I think that putting you in that position was a mistake to begin with. Because, again, I would like to point everyone back to the time that you spent as President Pro Tem in the Senate. You led that Senate. You did. Well, okay, you didn't. the Senate is a very, very strong word, and I don't think you have a leadership quality in you. What you do have is you have a way to get people to vote for you to put you in specific positions because, okay, maybe he's not the worst option. Representative Smith, I am calling you out because I went through the House records for about 25 of the votes that the House did. You were presiding for about 19. Your speaker pro tem was presiding. Now, when about half of the votes in the House are presided upon by your speaker pro tem. I really call into question the intelligence and dedication you bring to such a position. So for the Federalist Party to argue over whether or not you should be the speaker pro tem or the majority leader is laughable. The argument should be whether or not you should have been reelected to the House. And in any other state, the answer would have been no. Now I want to move finally to end this podcast after a bit of that rant. I want to move to a, a, a position shared to me with, with Chairman uh, Lort. And, and I, I first want to say this. There is a lot going on with the Federalist Party, and I do have problems with a few of their members. And, and they know who they are. I just ranted about one of them. And I did call into question... Uh, whether or not Lord deserved chairmanship. 
But the fact is, Lort does actually have leadership qualities, and he can cultivate a culture that is beneficial. Whether that's working right now, I don't know. And so I, I do want to preface this by saying, I do have a relatively good relationship with Lord, and I would like to continue that. I appreciate what he's done. However, um, I, I also want to, to read and dissect um, the statement that he gave me. Um, again, I pronounce it both Lord and Loader. I it, have not gotten a, a clear uh, a, a description on it. I, now, okay, so what he says... And I'll read it verbatim, and then I'll, I'll, I'll get back to, to a bit of an analyzing of it. He says, The Federalists were disappointed, of course, with the results of the midterms, of course. And we will be trying to do better in the future. It was our expectation that we would have the majority after making a deal with classical liberals. However, we discovered that the classical liberals had made a deal with the ALC to give them the majority in exchange for some positions. We tried very hard to make a deal with the classical liberals anyway, but it just didn't come together. Many ideas were floated on how we move on. Many of us said we should accept being the minority and make the best of it. Others, um, and, and obviously everyone knows who those others are at this point, more ambitious ideas, including reaching out to Darby. We, after much debate, decided to pursue that idea, which was definitely a mistake. The strategy did not work and caused backlash, as you've all seen. And we are regretting pursuing the idea. The accusations from former members, of course, are blown way out of proportion, but I also understand their frustration. I am certain the Federalist Party will emerge from this and continue to be the strongest party in the nation. All of those words um, from Chairman Lord Loader, whatever. Um, now, uh, I, I, I will say, um, I think that, that both representative uh, system and 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 the current chairman loader were, were fantastic positions for the position of, of chairman of the the federalist party um i'm glad that that loader won because i know that it, after seeing the the conservative surge um you know i we all have empirical proof that loader can can cultivate a culture and provide for a party uh and i think that he is sort of instituting that um, culture or attempting to institute that culture in the Federalist Party. Um, I will say though, I don't know much about what goes on inside the FNC. I I would beg to argue that I know more about what goes on in the FNC um, than the 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 usual layperson, perhaps even more than some of the members of the Federalist Party. Um, because I know that there are certain members who, who are unhappy and share information with me. Um, I'm, I, I'm just going to say this. You cannot make a decision based on, on one person. Um, th that just doesn't happen. And so for, for a majority of the FNC to agree to put Representative Darby in that position uh, and go with that aspect w what was a mistake, and I think it was a mistake uh, that, that, that everyone could see coming from a mile away, and when it happened, it was very, very confusing and a little bit concerning. I will say, though, I, um, I, I, I do agree with you and that I think some of the Federalist comments 
uh, were blown way out of proportion. I think the reactions from rep- the reaction from Representative Lohengram was something of I I don't know. Perhaps I I I I think that Representative Lohengram probably deserves to go go be a, a a Shakespearean actor based on all of the drama he starts. Um, but it 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 really just goes to show of of how careful you have to be with your members. Um, and when you do stuff like this, there's going to be consequences. And I think that in the past two months, the Federalists have often um, taken action without realizing or even seeing the consequences that could be impending. Um, so I think that this really was the wake-up call of all wake-up calls. You know, underperforming like hell in 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 the May federal elections, um, losing a Dixie seat in the May federal elections, and then this, I think is all piling up for a bit of a wake-up call for the Federalists that maybe there have to be a little bit of, of some culture changes because we can keep doing this and we can maintain where we are, but I, I don't think that, that where that is, is is the party, the premier party of, of the United States of America. And so I think that there does have to be a lot of um, thought that needs to be put into this. Um, and and so with that, I'll, I'll end that segment on, on Loader. I, I know that I said that this was the the last segment, but uh, we, we do have uh, a very special guest um, that that I reached out to and who almost couldn't come, but I'm, I'm glad he's here. Um, I do invite uh, a representative and, and I, I guess, pending, probable speaker, Arkenstone, um, to, to, to come and, and, and speak uh, uh, kind of about what, this experience has been like for him because obviously he's he's remained stagnant he's remained the one constant um in in the house so far and i think that that is perhaps a sign of of um of of what is to come uh with this and i will say before before i invite him to say anything um we do have let's see five six seven eight nine ten eleven eleven votes currently for for uh, Representative Arkenstone in uh, the House so far to be um, the the speaker, and that is two over the nine needed to guarantee a speakership. So I want to congratulate him first on on the probable speakership he will earn here in the next hour or so. Um, and I, again, you may need to to leave and rejoin if you want to be able to talk. But I really just want to get your comments here on how you think this day has gone and and how you've remained so calm. Okay. So um, I think it was kind of interesting that, and kind of expected too, that the Federalists would attempt to undermine the speakership position. But at the end of the day, I think it was... there. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> that's kind of my thoughts. I think that's the best way to put it. That's fair. Okay, I I do want to get a bit of 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 your opinion on this. Um, obviously, was there was I guess a bit of a scare, um, with with Representative Apex being nominated early on. Uh, what what was your thought process going through all of that? Um. Well, 
at the to me um the speaker position isn't insanely important and shouldn't really be used or abused in any sort of way but i'm kind of glad that um it that i ended up with it because i think that i'm one of the most active members which means that we can continue to push bills through and we can try and avoid the backlog that we had in the house last session so while i agree with apex on a lot of things i don't think he's quite as active in the house as me so that's the only reason i think i'm a better candidate for this all right and and obviously if you can't share it now uh we don't blame you but the former speaker um john smith had had a tendency to avoid his job by delegating his responsibilities to his speaker pro tem whether that be um, Speaker Pro Tem MTRX, Speaker Pro Tem Pullman, Speaker Pro Tem Randy, um, or whoever else he decided to appoint when he didn't want to do his job. What does your, I, I guess, not cabinet of a speakership, but what does your plan with your future Speaker Pro Tem look like? And can you tell us who that Speaker Pro Tem is? Well, I actually planned on um, having Apex be my Speaker Pro Tem. So the fact that the Federalists tried to push him forward as the speaker kind of made me laugh a little honestly <laughs> but yeah that i plan on like if i end up taking a vacation or if i plan on like you know going and trying to help on the front lines with this coronavirus that i will delegate that to the speaker pro temp but i don't plan on delegating near as much as um the former speaker did all right and and finally uh i just want to close this out with a final question, um, will you update the spreadsheet? <laughs> yeah, I've kept my own copy of a spreadsheet at the Environmentalist quite up to date, so I don't see any problem with keeping the federal one up to date as well. Well, all right, as expected. We already have an improvement from Speaker John Smith. I want to thank you, um, I, I presumptive Speaker Arkansas, for, for your contributions here today. Um, and, and I, I, I just want to kind of close this out with, with a, a few statements here. Um, I, I want to first thank our, our studio audience. Um, uh, this has been a, a fantastic kind of trial run of the, uh, the, the live podcast scenario. Um, and it really has done a lot to uh, get a lot more voices here. Um, I do look forward. We're going to try and hold this a bit weekly. Uh, so I, I do look forward to including a lot more voices here, especially um, the staff here at Veritas Post. Um, so big thank you to uh, Aegis Phoenix, April, uh, Representative uh, Darby, um, to, to Jed, um, to Jack Coulter, as well as Sandoval, um, and, and, and really, and, and uh, sorry, Senator Hagan, um, you all have done fantastic things, and Veritas Post is looking forward to providing a lot more um, for all of you uh, to enjoy here in the future. This podcast will hopefully be out in just a few hours, if not uh, just later tonight. We want to thank all of the contributors we had on the show today, and remember, always update the spreadsheet. I'm James Order, signing off for the Veritas Post podcast. <laughs>